Where is it? Where is it? They stole it from us. My precious. Welcome to the Geek Generation, episode 123. This week I am joined by a brand new voice on the show, DJ Moore from The Real Conversation. A new pod. Actually, why don't you explain it better than that? <laughs> You'd have a better idea of your show than okay. I would. The Real Conversation is a podcast I started up the last few months. It's basically, I'm a huge movie fan, and um, I've been a movie fan my entire life and uh, started teaching a couple film classes the last few years. and was kind of looking for a way to do something with a broader audience and involve people I know and meet some new people through this. And I came up with, with this idea of a podcast where one of my favorite things is obviously talking to people about movies and talking to with people about movies they love. Yep. But I, I was looking for a way to do this in, uh, as a podcast and do it, something different. Um, I didn't want to just review movies or just kind of be an, another critic with a podcast. Right, right. Um, so I came up with this idea to sit down with a different guest each time and discuss what it is they love about movies and why. What's their favorite film and kind of their history of movies. What, what got them into movies if they're a movie fan and if they're not a movie fan, why why do they not like movies? Sure. Um, and it, it, so you're going to have non-movie fans on? I'd like to eventually. Really? Yeah, get, get kind of the, the broad spectrum of, you know, why is it that these people love movies and why is it that these people go to the movies maybe once every three years or something and what, what gets them out to the movies. Sure. So eventually we'll get to that. But right now we're starting with people that are, that are more into movies. So cool. the idea is to kind of collect these stories that, that when you look at them, it, it kind of tells the tale of why film has had an impact on, on people over the last hundred plus years sure. and, and um, kind of how film plays into that, that collective culture and uh, just these, personal stories that other people can can relate to it's all much too brainy for me i'm kind of an <laughs> idiot so <laughs> no no i like that it's a good idea and i've listened to uh you have three episodes out so far yep. maybe more by the time this comes up i don't know uh but they've all been really good so far a lot of different personalities coming up and thanks yeah that, that's what we're looking for <laughs> the brevity is good too i listen to way too many i'm guilty of it too we're usually an hour long every time we go on but the um uh, having something more digestible, a 20, 20 to 30 Yeah, I'm trying to keep show. it like between 20 and 30. So, yeah. so far, I think they've all been right around 20. Cool. So. Yeah. No, I really like it so far. Thank you. Doing I appreciate well. it. All right. So uh, as we get into the show today, um, I want to remind fans that we have the Geek Generation fan group, which we started up on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash the Geek Generation. Uh, we're trying to get into lots of geeky conversations over there so you can join us there. We also have a new iTunes review, and I like to read those when we get them. Because it lets me know how much you appreciate us and uh, gives me a little ego boost that I like to share with the audience <laughs> and encourage more reviews. So this one comes in from the Iron Sub, who says, this podcast is one of the best around. Every week, I look forward to listening to Rob, Mike, and Anna and the rest of the gang, as you all help my dull day at work go by faster. Their views on all things geek are very level-headed and down-to-earth. And with tons of other geeky podcasts out there, 
where everything they talk about is either awesome or terrible. It's super refreshing. Keep up the great work, guys. New England Geeks Unite. So he must be another local New England Sounds guy. Sounds like it. Yeah. Always appreciate the iTunes reviews. You can write those. Really, there's no way to better get our exposure up in iTunes than leaving reviews and ratings for us. And hopefully we'll hit on a top page of something at some point. Keep them coming, guys. We really appreciate it. So uh, let's kick off, as we always do, by going into Geek Outs. Yay! You want to start us off, DJ? Sure. Uh one of the one of my geek outs right now is Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah. probably the movie I'm looking forward to the most this year. I can sure is kind of strange for me because I've never been that big of a Star Trek fan. It really? was really Abrams' first movie that got me into it. I, I watched Next Generation like after school, before dinner in high school. Yep. And always enjoyed that. Was a fan of that, but not like a huge fan. Just kind of watched it. And enjoyed it. Sure. And the Abrams' first Star Trek movie really got me kind of into all of it. And I went back and started watching Next Generation, watched the older movies, the older show, and just kind of had a whole new appreciation for it. And uh, Star Trek Into Darkness looks phenomenal. And it it's, does. it's the w- one movie I'm really, really, really looking forward to this year. How much of the uh, original stuff have you seen? Um,. Did you go into like Deep Space Nine and Voyager? No, that no, deep not or, yet. No. Um, the original show, I think I watched the first season and a little ways into the second. And I've okay. seen kind of episodes here and there throughout the second and third. And then um, Star Trek The Next Generation, I've seen numerous episodes of. Sure. But I'm, I'm starting over and going season by season now that they're starting to come out on DVD. So. Yeah, the Blu-rays. Have you watched those? Yeah, I've got oh, uh, season God. one on Blu-ray. They're and so good. Waiting to pick up season two. So. Yeah. We have uh, Anna who's been watching. She started at the beginning because she never really... It's one of those things that you feel like you should watch as a geek. Yeah. Like you have to watch Star Trek. Yeah. So she went back to the original series and she's watched all of that now and just recently started Next Generation. And this is pretty much with having seen none of it. So not even just piecemeal here and there. She's and she's going in order, which is important, right? I and think. she's. I think I've heard her say on the show she does that with anything. That, yeah, that oh, she yeah. starts from the beginning and works her way through. And you so, should. I mean, yeah, it's that's jumping into something halfway. You miss so much. I don't even like when movies come on TV. If something's halfway, I won't watch it. Yeah, I'll. I have to see it from the beginning, yeah. even if it's something I've seen before. It's just the way it is. I don't know why. Completionist. Uh, anything yeah. else you're geeking out over? Um. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- I love that Brian Singer is kind of announcing all of the casting of X Men: Days of Future Past through Twitter right? as he goes, and I. I just think that's awesome because it's not something I've seen anybody really do. Yeah, and it's usually something that's more kind of hush hush. But he's every time he signs somebody, he's throwing it out there on Twitter. And there's usually like super great. formal press releases, right? Right. And, yeah. Uh, and I've I've just been following that really closely, and it's. It, I mean, I was a huge fan of his x-men movies and first class and yep. it's just something that i'm really looking forward to see and this one's looking to be all epic like, yeah it really is i mean yeah. it's and you know that's one that as a kid reading that comic that that was one of the epic x-men stories and i know it's sure. not going to translate exactly no there'll the be They've but none, none of the x-men movies have right They've all taken liberties right and um it's just something that i think they're really going to be able to do a lot with with that old series of the first well, his first two X-Men movies combined with with First Class. And then I read an interview with him where he said he's going to try and fix things from X-Men The Last Stand, which is going to be interesting <laughs> to see what he attempts to do to fix that. There's a so, lot that needs to be fixed. There's a lot that needs to be fixed, yeah. So. This is just an abomination of a movie. Yeah, and then I've got a few geek outs that are kind of geek outs slash freak outs. So if oh. you want to go with your geek outs, we can... Okay, kind of trans- use the transitional? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, the first one is a movie one, which is actually probably not one that people have heard of uh, necessarily because it's not a movie that's out yet. 
there's a Batman documentary on Kickstarter called okay. Legends of the Night, where uh, a filmmaker is going in and kind of looking at Batman and its influence on culture oh, nice. and talking to people who uh, have either had a major part in the Batman mythos or just huge fans and how Batman has kind of shaped their lives. And when I was watching the trailer, I was legitimately getting misty because it's sometimes you feel like there are no other people in the world that have like the same passion that you do. Right. And seeing all these people talk about Batman the way that I feel about Batman, it was like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. And it's really cool. So, of course, I had to back that right away. And so that's like the second superhero documentary in the last week <laughs> that, I've, that I've backed. And they, um, do they have any type of like release date or is it just really no early, release date yet? Like Kickstarter, I assume it's early on. Yeah, they had done another crowd for, uh, sourcing thing, I think, on Indiegogo to actually start okay. shooting it. But now they're they need more money for post. Uh, so they've done like interviews with uh, Michael Uslan, who is the producer of all the Batman movies, yep. every single one. Uh, so and he's he's an amazing speaker. I saw him at New York Comic Con the first year that I went. And I just listened to him talk about getting that first Burton Batman movie on the screen in the 10 year journey it took to accomplish that. And I was just riveted for an hour yeah. just listening to that guy. He was so, so good. But there, and there's also one of the big focuses of the movie is like a six year old boy who's dealing with cancer and he's known in the hospital as Batman. That's what they call him. And it's how Batman has influenced this six year old boy to fight cancer. Wow. So it's, it, it runs the gamut and it's, it looks amazing. I yeah, can't wait for it to come out. out. Yeah. Can't wait for it. Um, my second one is still Batman related, okay, but a little bit different because I've said on the show before that I, I always wanted to dress up as Batman, but even from the time I was young, I was like, if I can't do it right, I won't do it. But I'm finally getting to a point where I like have the funds and have the resources and have the connections and I'm starting to put it all together. So I got in the mail recently and I'll show you right now because I got it right here. <laughs> First piece of that, which is this bad boy right here. Wow, that is legit. Yeah, this is a this was a two hundred and fifty dollar Batman cowl, but this thing is badass. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like it's taken right off of Michael Keaton's head. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Um, I forget exactly which style of Batman it's modeled after. They refer to it as the CD cowl. Uh, you can get these at ReevesFX.com, and that's R E E V Z. Wait, Reeves. Yeah. FX.com. <laughs> the guy does amazing work. He doesn't just do Batman. He does like Batgirl. He does Wolverine. He does. Oh, God, I can't even tell you all the different stuff he does, but it's all like he'll do the sculpture and then he does the casting from the sculpture. And they're they're amazing. And I yeah, I put it on. It's a little big, but I know there's uh, ways to like pad the inside of the cowl to get it to fit properly and everything. And this is step one in my my grand scheme. And this is not going to be a typical Batman. I'm not going to okay. say exactly what I'm doing, but it's a Batman that no one has ever seen before. So okay. even though the mask is very traditional Batman, everything else will be uh, something completely unique. original. Yeah. All right. I like the sound of this. Yeah, because I'm going to go to conventions, but I, want, I don't want to look like everybody else. Right. You got to stand, stand out. Stand out. Exactly. What's the so, timeline for this? Uh, my goal is to have it completed by October uh, okay. for this year's New York Comic Con. Actually, I think Comic Con might be the first week of November this year. So I plan on wearing it to New York Comic Con. I already have a guy lined up to do the bodysuit 
which is probably the priciest part of the whole thing. I think so. Because he's got a lot of artwork. And since it's something original, it's not something he can even just do something that exists and like bring it in because we're kind of designing it. I gave him an idea concept and he's going to sketch it out. And so it's, that's totally original. I have a guy doing the Cape already. I got to find someone to do the belt and then I have the gloves and the boots and then I'll be all set. Impressive. Thank you. (laughs) Very impressive. I'm looking forward to it. When all said and done, this is going to cost well over a thousand dollars and I couldn't care less because 10 year old Rob will be so, (laughs) so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the photos. Yeah. And, uh, if people want to see pictures of the cowl, I have them up on my Facebook page at, uh, facebook.com slash Rob Logan Geek, or you can follow me on Twitter at the Night Angel. You'll never need another Halloween costume again. No, and I never it. plan on wearing anything else after the money <laughs> yeah. I'm spending on this one. Are you kidding? <laughs> my other geek out is, uh, are you a big gamer? Do you, not, do not you really. No? no. Are you familiar with Ratchet and Clank? I've heard of it. Okay. I recently bought, well, recently, probably over the summer, I bought the uh, Ratchet & Clank HD collection, which okay. is, includes the uh, the first three games that all came out on PS2, and they were all remastered in HD for a PS3 release. And I've played the first two so far, and it's fun, and I didn't realize how much I miss like a simple platformer, like just beat up people, kind of mindless. Yeah. Like there's some puzzles and stuff, but overall, like I can just sit down shut my brain off, relax, and interact with this game instead of having, like, all the drama or all the problem-solving. A whole or... lengthy story playing. Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a fun game. It's kind of simple. It's a little kitty, and I couldn't care less. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Nice. So <laughs> that's a quick one. Um, another movie one. I watched Rise of the Guardians last night. Okay. Have you seen it? I had not seen it yet, but I've heard good well things. Well worth it. Really? Absolutely. That's um, what I've heard. It, it was very much put out. I mean, it was put out during the holidays, I think. Yeah. And it's centered, the trailer centered a lot around Santa Claus, but it's definitely not necessarily a holiday movie. Okay. Even though it incorporates all the different, like, mythological holiday characters. characters. And when I first saw the trailers, I was like, what is this? Santa has naughty and nice tattooed on his forearms. He's (laughs) swinging swords around. But it was really, really good. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. The animation was fantastic. And uh, the voice work was really good. Jude Law is awesome. as. uh pitch black okay the and boogeyman chris pine chris pine was jack frost Hugh jackman is he uh hugh jackman's the easter bunny okay alec baldwin's santa oh that's and right. you would that's never right. know really he, he has an accent and everything sounds nothing like alec baldwin and then uh isla fisher's the tooth fairy okay i'll have to add that to netflix really out. really good uh and lastly this is a tv one did you ever see whose line is it anyway yeah awesome show yeah it's coming back really yeah comedian colin mockery Recently tweeted that the improv comedy series Whose Line Is It Anyway will soon be making a comeback. The show previously ran in the UK before ABC aired an American version for eight seasons, all of which were hosted by Drew Carey. Another series regular Ryan Stiles revealed that he'd be returning to Los Angeles in April to join the old Whose Line cast for the new series. Replacing Drew Carey as host will be comedian Aisha Tyler, if you're familiar with her at all. Yeah, I think I know who she is. I think I'm so excited. I love that show so yeah, much. Yeah, that that was that was a hilarious show. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. It's so good. But, even the UK version, like they have a lot of the cast members carry over. And then they even had very briefly, I think only one season which was on the WB. Uh they did Drew Carey's Green Screen show. Okay, I think I remember that. And it was the same Who's Line cast with a couple other new people, but then they animated the scenes around them. Okay. It was so cool. But I can see how it would have been production heavy and everything. And 
probably right. didn't make it monetarily. Yeah. But really good show. But so happy that Who's Line is coming back. Yeah, I love that's that show. Awesome. That's all I got, though. So uh, let's go into some of these transitional. All right. Oh, freak out. Geek out freak outs. <laughs> <laughs> um, similar to my X-Men one yeah. is uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I've been following closely. Yes. And this is one that I'm really liking where they're going with the cast. I'm just starting to worry if it's too much. Yep. Uh, I was a big fan of The Amazing Spider-Man last summer, but it was definitely a flawed Really? Movie. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was a fan of it because of the actors and the characters, but as a movie, it's it's definitely flawed. Okay, I mean, when they, you say that, I have the, I have exactly the same feelings. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was, yep. but then when you go back and you watch the trailers and what they were marketing it as, yeah. I think it's obvious that the studio stepped in and just cut it up and took it away from Mark Webb and kind of just made the movie they wanted to sure. make, um, which happens a lot. Director's just, cut. <laughs> yeah. It's just surprising that it happened on a, on a project like that. Sure. Um, and looking at, at who they're casting and the characters they're casting, I'm excited about it, but I mean, it, it's kind of, I don't want it to go from Batman Returns to Batman Forever. Or X Men Two to X Men The Last right, Stand. Right. I, you know, this the second sequel I think is key, and if they still haven't wrapped up the story from the first one, which I don't think they have, definitely I'm worried not. about trying to finish that story, start a second story, lead into a possible third film, and it just seems like too much too soon. Yeah. So I'm excited and but cautiously optimistic, but it's with all the casting and with Chris Cooper as Norman Osborn this week. Yeah. I was actually just going to go into that in the news later on. Uh, I love that casting. Yeah. The casting's great. I love Chris Cooper. He is it, such an underrated guy. Yeah, he, absolutely. And I just don't know at this point who the villain's going to be. Now right. you've got Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn, the right. rhino and electro. Right. So who's going to be doing what? That it's just the common like trap of yeah. uh, a, a movie having way too many villains and, it's so rare for them to do that the second time. The second time around. It exactly. usually comes by like a third movie. Right. Like Batman Returns had two villains. Okay. Yep. But. And it worked. Right. In that, right. In that one. Which, and they technically, I guess they had three. With Walken. Because Max Shrek, yeah, yeah was yep. was definitely a third villain. And maybe that's, uh, I mean, even though Cooper's been cast as Osborn, who knows how big a role he's even going to have. We could right. see him on a TV screen once. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely but, not. But it just seems like an awful lot of villain characters going into this. I agree. And I really I want them to focus on one at a time. I thought Spider-Man 2 was incredibly strong uh, with Dr. Octopus. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Yeah, yeah. And he was so good. And I, I tell people all the time, like, it's, it's the villain... That makes the movie good or bad. Absolutely. A lot of the times. And the Doc Ock was the strongest villain we've seen so far in any of the Spider-Man movies, I think. And that just reflected on the quality of it. And I think that was because they went with an, an actor. I mean, Alfred Molina is oh, like yeah. a stage actor. He Absolutely. guy knows what he's doing. So yeah. to have him as that. And I think that is one of the best actor portrayal of a comic book villain in any of the comic book movies we've I seen. Agree. Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Is, that's one of my personal favorites. Totally agree. I mean, he's no Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. No, but not but... everybody can be. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, any other free guts? Uh, another one that I'm kind of half and half on is, yeah. the, is The Walking Dead, which oh, yeah. I, I take from your other episodes. <laughs> you, you're not you're not a fan. Or I, you I, don't just, watch. I haven't even watched it. I hate zombie stuff. Okay. That's my issue. It, it's probably a good show. And everyone says it's more about the characters and the zombies aren't even that prominent in a thing. But like enough gore and I'm out. 
Yeah, well, there's plenty of gore. Right, but I so. would agree that it is about the characters. That's yeah, what I yeah. keep telling my girlfriend, but she wants no <laughs> part of it. But uh, this this season, I've I've loved the first. They've kind of done the the typical thing for TV these days, and they split up the season into two parts. Sure. And took a break in the middle, which kind of bothers me. But that's a freak out all on its own. Absolutely. Oh yeah, too um, many shows doing that. Yeah, and. I've really enjoyed it, but at the same time, I just want them to kind of move on from this whole governor storyline with Woodbury. Yeah. yeah, like it for me, I was in I was invested in the characters and into the characters. So that first half of season three, whenever they cut away from the jail and mm-hmm. went to Woodbury, I was just like, okay, bring it back to Rick, bring it back to the jail. I want to see what's going on with the characters. Like, sure. And I get why they're doing it. It's, you know, developing the story, developing the characters. But for me, it's just gotten to a point, And maybe it's just that it, it's just gotten me anxious for what's coming next. But yeah. I just want them to end it, move along. And I just want to see the governor, like, somebody kill him and let's move on. Is the governor storyline something that's happened right at the start of the season? Uh, yeah, I think it, from what I remember, it, it started early on in season three. Okay. And and it's just for me, it's it's kind of run its course. And I'm sure there there are fans of the show that disagree with me, but for me, I I just want to see what's coming next. And I haven't read the this, the graphic novel series, yeah. so I don't know. How I don't this... even think reading it. From what I've heard from people, there are so many things that have diverged okay. from the comics that it, they they kind of like hit points in the comics at times. But ultimately, there's characters in the show that died off yeah, long ago in the comics, and vice versa. And yeah, so it's yeah. it's the same. It's like an alt universe. Yeah, so that, like, yeah. that's my other kind of half geek out, half freak out. I'm really enjoying this season, but I've kind of had it with with the storyline, and I really want to see where they go next. The ratings that that show is getting are ridiculous. I know. Like the the season premiere, I believe. Oh no, sorry, not the season premiere, but the the premiere when they came back from the break was the highest rated episode of Walking Dead that's been there, and the millions that watched it was just astronomical. Yeah, and I'm like, I never thought a show like that would attract as much attention as it does i'm i'm shocked but i i remember seeing the the trailers they were doing i think it must have been during Mad Men mm-hmm. for season one and i was like i'm gonna give that show a shot that looks like it could be pretty good and having no idea that it was based on a comic i found all that out and it looks on. like a movie it, it does yeah the it's production value is i mean that's everything with AMC, whether sure. it's Mad Men, breaking bad the walking dead i mean they do a really great job with with the shows so, yeah, I'm I'm just ready for the next the next part of the story. Yeah, so. I'd be there with you, but <laughs> I'd have to go back to part one already. I actually don't have any freakouts this week. OK, so <laughs> things are good, I guess, in the world of uh, geekiness. But I figured we might play a game this week because this is your first time here. Yeah. So we might as well have some fun. All right. Uh, so this is a game we call top three. OK. Three. Two, one. Okay. Top three is a game where I give you a category and you're kind of put on the hot seat. Uh, you don't have to put them in order. Okay. So it's just the top three that satisfy the category because putting them in order is so much extra thought. Yeah. That's where I always get hung up personally. Since you're such a movie guy. Okay. One question I love to get from movie people because there can be a certain elitism associated Absolutely. with, uh, with, uh, I get it all the time too. When I'm like talking about movies, I sound like a movie snob sometimes and all right, whatever. But, uh, what would be your top three guilty pleasure movies? And this is guilty pleasure is always a weird category. What defines guilty pleasure? Because usually people would always say it was something that embarrasses you, but right. I, I, I'm really not embarrassed by anything I watch. 
So I always say it's uh, movies I know are bad, but I love them anyway. Okay. Um. Wow. And is bad for one really reason or another. Really is in the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind, I don't think it's, it's not a bad movie in the sense that it's poorly made, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of a movie that, that I think both deservedly so and undeservedly so it's, <laughs> it's just kind of taken a lot of crap over the years. Yep. Um, but I still kind of unabashedly love it is Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a Michael Bay fan. There's probably three Michael Bay movies that I can actually say I like and enjoy. Yep. And other than that, I think especially his stuff in the last few years is just oh my God. way too, way too much, way over the top. But Absolutely. Armageddon, there's just something about it that there's it, a certain cheesiness to Armageddon yeah. that would definitely make it into that guilty pleasure area. And yet there are some, like, <laughs> the Aerosmith song you just hear, and yep. it's like, come on, guys. But at the time, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I I remember, like, the build-up to that in the theater, and or when it was coming out in the theater. And, like, that was my senior year of high school. Everybody was talking about it. We were all going to go see it. Yep. And it was a movie that I saw probably twice in the theater. And, um, you know, when I, I got it on VHS – that fall when my freshman year of college and everybody on my floor was borrowing it and yep, you know, yep. everybody was watching it. And it's just a movie that even years later, I, I still enjoy, but I, it's definitely a guilty pleasure for me. And that was, uh, that was another movie that suffered from the mirror movie syndrome and had deep impact yep. come out like yeah. right around the same time frame, which I also saw. And I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Which we're seeing again this year with, uh, the white house being taken over movies with oh Olymp- yeah olympus has fallen and yep. then i think white house down is coming out in a couple yeah. months so. <laughs> white house down what yeah. a bad name terrible name but that's the one i want to see over olympus <laughs> has fallen um let's see two more huh yeah uh playing god with david duchovny have you seen that i've heard of it but i haven't seen it uh it's david duchovny uh timothy hutton and angelina jolie okay one of her like first like she had not become a big star yet. Okay. She was, it, it was right before, I think it was the year before Girl Interrupted or a year or two before Girl Interrupted. So she was just about to start her, her rise. Um, and Duchovny plays a doctor who loses a patient and in dealing with that becomes addicted to, uh, I, I forget what drug it is, but it's something that's available in the hospital. And hmm. he gets found out and loses his license to practice and is just kind of an addict and, living in self-pity and uh one night in a bar there's a shooting and he saves the life of this guy that gets shot and it turns out to be this gangster that works for timothy hutton and Hmm. so hutton brings duchovny into the fold and he's kind of the doctor for this team of gangsters okay and it's it's not a very good movie by any means (laughs) okay but there's there's some just really great lines there's brilliant brilliantly written lines like Maybe three throughout the movie. Sure. But um, they were all used in the trailer. And it was just something that that's what hooked me when I saw the trailer. And it's a movie that I just enjoy watching. It's It's got some good action sequences. And it's just kind of a throwaway forgotten movie. But for one reason or another, I enjoy the hell out of it. But One of those ones you can't put the finger on exactly. Yeah, why. I don't know yeah. why. Because I know I shouldn't. Yep. But I really enjoy it. So <laughs> I that's get that. another guilty I get that. pleasure. Uh, let's see a third one. Um, the worst thing about this is you're going to think of so many later. Right. I'll be driving home <laughs> and I'll think of 10. Um, got Armageddon and playing, playing God. I don't know. I, I think it, I'll throw this out there cause I just posted about it on the, the real conversation page this week as a forgotten film. Okay. Uh, and I don't think it's a bad film. I just think it's a very underrated film. Maybe people disagree with me. So I'll, I'll, I guess it's kind of a somewhat guilty pleasure, but it's the movie Fallen. 
Oh yeah. Denzel Washington. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's, I mean, you can watch that and then have a whole conversation on kind of the behind the scenes stuff that they were talking about. I mean, when you look at the Washington's character's name and how that plays into the themes they're playing with in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's much smarter than people give it credit for. And it's just a, a movie that when I first saw it, I was kind of blown away with how much I enjoyed it and how, how good I thought it was. And that's mm-hmm. a movie that it, it's certainly not going to rank in the highest or best of Denzel Washington's career, yeah, but it's yeah. a movie that I really enjoy. And I kind of encourage people to go out and check it out if they haven't seen it. So. I at some point want to come up with a list of movies that probably people haven't seen and that are just like really good. Like those things that never even get the theatrical releases yeah. or they do in limited release, but no one really ever sees them. Like I can think of so many you probably even off the top of my head that just are amazing and, and no one's ever really going to see him, which yeah. is too bad. I did come up with three. Granted, I have the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> foresight of seeing this beforehand, <laughs> but, um, mine are pretty bad. <laughs> well, I guess not too bad. Uh, the game plan with the rock. It was the one where oh, the he, football uh, coach. Yeah. Okay. When, yeah. When he, oh no, not, not gridiron gang. Um, the game plan is the one where he's a football player and they deliver his, uh, his daughter to him and he didn't know he had a daughter. Okay, okay. And it's right. so corny and so cheesy and hits all the beats of a movie like that would. Was that filmed around here or am I thinking yeah, good? I yeah, okay. no, it was. Uh, he's on the Boston Rebels. Right. So, okay. yeah. Yep. Now I know which one you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely the worst of the two. I have both, but <laughs> this, I don't know. There's something about it I like. Granted, I watch every rock movie, but that's <laughs> that's just me. Have you seen Snitch yet? I haven't yet, no. Heard good things. I will see it, it absolutely. I think I've seen every rock movie at this point. Really? Yeah, yeah it's a thing I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, Never Back Down, which was the MMA okay. Karate Kid type yep. movie. And I think it was the fact that it was like Karate Kid that just brought back that nostalgia. And it's it's so interchangeable with Karate Kid. You just change the fighting style, and it's basically the same, the same movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I loved it. And lastly, my favorite, favorite guilty pleasure and... I'm waiting for a DVD re-release, and I don't know if it will ever come. I love Christian Slater, and uh, one of my favorite movies of his is Gleaming the Cube. Nice. The skateboard movie. Yeah. That's the only one of those three I've seen. So <laughs> I love Gleaming the Cube, and it's no way a good movie whatsoever. It's all the uh, the things of the time. It doesn't hold up because right. it's, it's so, it's so period-specific. Yeah. yeah. And there's just random uh, scenes of him just like doing floor tricks on the skateboard and stuff. And I don't know. I love everything about it. It's so good, but yeah, it's so bad at the same time. Years. Love that movie. But I've, I've looked for it on like eBay and stuff. And even on Amazon, you can get it for like $40 on DVD because they're just not out. It's like a print. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I need a re-release so I can get it at a reasonable price. I'm not paying $40 for Gleaming the Cube. Well, start building the demand. Yeah. <laughs> So that's top three. Well done. You made it through. All right. Uh, Barely. We're going to go into a commercial break real quick, but we're going to go in with our very last obscure movie review from the super fan. Uh, Unfortunately, he doesn't have a way to watch the obscure movies anymore, but I am going to continue hounding him about producing something else. So uh, let's listen to this. This is Obscure Movie Reviews with your host, Chris Tong. This week I watched The Horde. It was released in 2009, is rated R, and has a running time of 90 minutes starring Claude Perron and Jean-Pierre Martins. A posse of crooked cops, malevolent gangsters, 
and a horde of walking dead are the center point of this gruesome, tight, action-packed, claustrophobic tale of retribution and escape. Pinned like animals on the top floor of a deserted high-rise building, these two opposing gangs find that they are not alone in the lair of this bloodthirsty corridors of death. Joining forces to survive, they must reach ground level together or perish. Loaded with a badass attitude, guns, axes, and extremely creative hand-to-hand -hand combat sequences, project the fears of paranoia that are the fighting forces behind the need to survive, when caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is a French movie, and it's subtitled in English. That being said... I'm not familiar with these French actors, but these guys were amazing. This is your typical zombie movie, but with a very high budget and extremely well executed. If you're into gore, this movie is a must, and there is a ton of gore, let me tell you. There were some pretty awesome camera angles, and this movie was beautifully shot. Also, these zombies are vicious, almost impossible to kill. I give this movie a 7 out of 10. Looking for a way to show your geek pride? We've got a great selection of t-shirts over at the Geek Generation store to help you out. Represent the Geek Generation with a G-Shield logo tee, become Lord of the Geeks, or rock the gamer shirt. All proceeds support the show and allow us to continue bringing you free content. Get your shirt now by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash store. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hi, this is John Delancey, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. Okay, we are back, and uh, we have a whole bunch of news to go over. It's been a busy, busy, busy news week. So, so, so you said you weren't that big a gamer. No. Do you have any thoughts on the PS4 and uh, all that stuff that came out? I'm hoping my brother gets it. He's always bought the PlayStation, oh, so yeah? then I go over his place and play it. So, yeah, I, I actually, that's how I found out it was coming out, was through the Geek Generation. Oh, okay. So I had no idea. So. Yeah, we bring that news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. There's, I mean, there's a ton of information that's, well, not a ton of information. I mean, we went over all of it in the bonus episode for the most part. Since then, they've uh, they've said that the PlayStation games could range anywhere from $0.99 cents to $60. So, and that was Jack Trenton, the CEO of uh, Sony Computer Entertainment. So the nice thing is that we're not going to see an increase in game prices. I think there was a fear there. So they're really not going to go over that $60 point that people have been paying for new games anyway. Nice. So that's always good to hear. 2K and WWE have announced that they have entered into an exclusive multi-year agreement, granting 2K the exclusive worldwide rights to publish the WWE video game franchise. The series, which will continue to be developed by Ukes in Japan, will combine the studio's signature gameplay with 2K's commitment to authenticity in WWE 14, the latest iteration of the popular long-running series. With the addition of the WWE franchise, 2K will continue a highly successful 15-year tradition established by past WWE titles. WWE 14 is set to release in fall 2013, which is always weird. 
the next game coming out of the <laughs> the year prior. Wrestling fan at all or not? Not really. No, nah, nah, no, that's all right. The the WWE game franchise has long needed a refresh. Okay. And as much as it sucks that THQ went out of business, this is kind of a good thing coming out of it. 2K is the producer of games like uh, well, they own Rockstar. Okay. So and Rockstar made Grand Theft Auto yep. and all that stuff. So those guys and being able to have that kind of production quality behind WWE sounds awesome. I did always love the like Royal Rumble games on like Super Nintendo. Yeah, so. yeah, those are fun. Yeah, those yeah. are awesome. So. Well, the games actually got me into wrestling in the first place. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean the the WWE game last year was the first one I didn't buy since they've been doing the whole SmackDown and okay. then WWE franchise and um. I just gotten out of like I don't watch wrestling anymore, and I had gotten out of the uh, the video games because they were getting worse and worse. They were just repetitive, and the control scheme sucked. And I'm hoping that this is the refresh. It might not be with WWE 14 because there was probably something already in the works, and they wouldn't be able to create the whole game from now till fall 2013. That's a such a short time frame. Right. But I'm guessing the year after will be kind of like the big revamp. So we'll see. It was only weeks ago that Ubisoft announced that the next Assassin's Creed title would feature a new assassin and a new time period. Now with the release of a promo image and European box art images, Ubisoft has confirmed Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Leaked imagery and information suggests that the game is set in 1715 and stars a pirate assassin named Edward Kenway, father of Haytham and grandfather of Connor from Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, if this is true, and we now know it is because a trailer that was supposed to hit the internet today, since this is Monday for the people listening, a trailer was supposed to hit for Assassin's Creed 4 today and it leaked online on Saturday. And we posted that at the Geek Generation and on the Facebook page, we were all over the place with that. Uh, I jumped on that. They did have it pulled down from YouTube and a lot of other places really quick, but the internet's fast. Yeah. So when something goes up, I think it's Games Radar that leaked it out online. They had the video and they posted it on their YouTube. And didn't set it to private. So it was public just long enough for like people to get that people subscription email and grab it. And because you can download from YouTube. Yeah. And then it was just uploaded all over the place, including, <laughs> including us. Um, so it is true. Edward Kenway is the protagonist here. It is set in 1715 or roughly in that time. And this is the first time now in the franchise that they're stepping back in time instead of moving forward because they had gone from. Altair's time period, which was like the, uh, the, the Middle Ages and the Crusades. And then they went up through, uh, the Renaissance period in Italy with Ezio Auditore. And then they went to the latest one was during the, the Revolution. Revolutionary War. Yeah. So now they're jumping back in time for some reason to go into like the pirates and he'll be a pirate, like a ship captain and everything, which is kind of cool. The box art also reveals that the PS3 version of the game will feature 60 minutes of exclusive gameplay similar to how the PS3 version of Assassin's Creed 3 received the Benedict Arnold missions. Full details will be announced by Ubisoft sometime today, so obviously we recorded this before Monday and couldn't get into the show, but we'll talk about it next week. Uh, digging around, the official Assassin's Creed site also reveals a release date of October 29th, and the statement also coming to next-gen consoles. So it will be out for PS4 and whatever Microsoft decides to inevitably announce what they will in the upcoming months. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since the original. So, Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that was the super repetitive kind of boring one. Yeah, I enjoyed it at the time, but I haven't. I, I, I'll have to check out 2 and 3, I guess, yeah. before this. I've actually out. gotten out of the franchise a little bit. Really? 3 bored me. Okay. It, good gameplay, good graphics, but 
just too many side missions. Same. Yeah, okay. more of the same. Need something different. And the protagonist was dull. Right. So couldn't grab onto it. Uh, even though Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hasn't finished airing their first season yet, the cartoon has already been renewed for a third season. So not just second, third season. The announcement took place at the Nickelodeon upfronts where Viacom CEO Philippe Daman said that the kids cable network, which has gone through some rough times lately, has hit the reset button and is reinventing itself. Part of the plans for that reinvention will be a big investment in animation. So uh, I think it was months ago that they announced the second season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And now they've already said third season is going to happen, too. And we're not even done airing the first. Wow. I wonder if that's got anything to do with the movie they're making and they're hoping to kind of cross. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And it's probably largely in part to the fact that it won Best Cartoon in the 2012 Geeky Awards. Yeah, that that's probably they were probably paying attention to that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really great show. Have you seen it? I haven't all, seen it, but it's, it's so good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. And you like it better than the original, I right? I do, which is a tough thing to say. Yeah. But actually, a lot of like cartoon reboots that they've been doing have been very good. The Thundercats was better than the original as well. I didn't see that either. It was also really good. But it, it never officially got canceled. It just never... Disappeared. Yeah, it's one of those shows that just kind of fell into the ether. Yeah. Which is sad, because it was doing... I thought it was doing really well, but it was a really well-made show. But Ninja Turtles is even better. I'll have to check it out. so good. Naughty Dog. I know I have all this video game news. <laughs> That's You're fine. probably like, whatever. It's your show. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty Dog has announced that Uncharted 3's multiplayer is now available on PSN as a standalone free-to-play download. Players will be able to advance up to level 15 for free, where they can continue to play as long as they want. If you're willing to shell out some dough, the level cap can be increased to 25 or removed completely, allowing for the maximum level of 75. Naughty Dog will also continue to track your achievements and experience beyond level 15, even if you don't pay. And in the event that you decide to remove the level cap later, you will be retroactively rewarded with everything you've earned in the meantime. Cooperative content won't be included in the free-to-play version, as the co-op arena and adventure modes have been split into separate pieces of premium content. Another significant microtransaction includes the option to purchase the Uncharted 3 single-player campaign by itself. So this is kind of cool new model. Uncharted 3 came out, I don't know, over a year ago, I think. This is a way to refresh the uh, multiplayer pool. Okay. Bring in new gamers, I'm sure. Kind of make money on something that would have, I, I assume, run towards the end of its shelf life. Mm-hmm. Kind of bring in new people and, ma- yeah, make a little more money with the microtransactions and stuff. And then people can get it and play it as they want, which is nice, too, because if they download this... They can then just purchase the single-player campaign. Even if they have no intention of playing multiplayer, they could just buy the single-player alone and play just that for probably a lot cheaper than the game would be itself. Yeah. So it's kind of idea. It's like a take-it-as-you-want-it right. model. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, which I think is kind of moving towards the future of the way video games will be. Like uh, during the PS4 press conference, they talked about the the play-what-you-want-and-then-buy-what-you-want type of model. So you can go in and try out anything. And just play it. And if you love it, buy it and it's yours. And if not, whatever. I think it's smart. Yeah, I think it's a smart way to go. It kind of captures everybody. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And TV needs to take a nod from that. Instead yeah, of <laughs> instead of having this whole bunch of channels in one package and nobody wants to watch half of them. And I'm waiting for the day, the, uh, the a la carte TV programming. The cable program. Yeah. yeah. And I think YouTube's going to force their hand eventually. 
I do. I hope so. I I asked Comcast about that on one of my angry phone calls oh, yeah? a couple of years ago. I just asked if there was a way you can kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Um, and right now there's not, but no, there is. I guarantee it's coming, yeah. especially with things like Hulu and Amazon Prime. Yeah, and it's the way of the future. So absolutely, they need to get on board. Yep. Square Enix has announced that Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix is coming to PS3 this fall. The collection consists of HD remastered versions of the critically acclaimed Kingdom Hearts Final Mix and Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, never previously available in North America. In addition, the collection will feature HD cinematic story videos from Kingdom Hearts 358 2 Days, enhanced gameplay mechanics, and PlayStation 3 system trophies. I am very excited about this because I love the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I don't know if you're familiar with it. it this is the one that it's Disney characters Disney mixed and with... Final Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I somewhat familiar with the idea i don't think i've ever played it there have been like seven titles the problem is one and two came out for ps2 uh we haven't seen three yet even though there have been seven titles there's been no ps3 release of a kingdom hearts game and people are dying for it like i love this series and i it seems like something i wouldn't i don't I, i don't play the final fantasy games I just love the story of the Kingdom Hearts stuff. So this will allow me to play some of the games that I didn't have access to because only two came out for PS2. And then there were releases for like 3DS and PSP and all the handhelds and stuff. But still nothing for PlayStation. But nothing for PlayStation 3. But this this will be two of the games that came out for PSP, I believe. And then the other one, I think, came out for like 3DS or one of the Nintendo systems. So I'll have access to the story from that, even though it won't be the entire game. So I can kind of play in that world a little bit more, and I'm yeah. pumped about that. Nice. But I'm dying for Kingdom Hearts 3. When they announce that, it's going to be oh, it's <laughs> going to be epic. I'm not the only one either. I know it's highly anticipated. Uh, originally planned for release on July 18th, 2014, New Line Cinema and MGM have moved the theatrical release of The Hobbit there and back again to December 17th, 2014. The new date allows for the trilogy to maintain its consistent December releases. So the first two, what's the second one called? Something Smog? Uh, the Desolation, the Desolation of Smog. The, yeah. What a weird name. Yeah, that that was one that I think they just had to come up with on the fly when yeah. they decided to split it into three <laughs> movies. Which I, it, that's a decision I'm still not crazy. Did about. Did you see the first one? I did. Yeah, I saw I saw the first one in regular. I saw it in IMAX mm-hmm. regular. And then the uh, 48 frames per second. The Big difference? Price. Yeah, actually. Um, I was pretty imp- I was pretty impressed with the 48 frames really? per second. I know it was an experiment that didn't seem to really work for them, but it took a, a little bit for my eyes to adjust. Yeah, everyone says it, that everything roughly seemed like, like it was 10 moving, minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, everything seemed like it was moving a little fast, which yep. it, it is. It but, is, yeah. Um, it's just that we're not used to seeing film travel at that rate of speed. Sure. But once, once my eyes adjusted, it was a totally different experience. Hmm. It really was like everything's happening right in front of you. Wow. So I, going forward, I don't, I don't know. I probably will go see both versions again yep. just to see how it compares and how to, that kind of story continues with, with the 48 frames per second and what's going on right in front of you. Sure. But I, I did want to see just the, the regular old speed the right. first time around because I didn't know what kind of reaction I was going to have. Well, yeah, you want to see so it as... I wanted to experience the movie. Exactly. You don't want to be distracted by other things. How was the movie itself? <sighs> <laughs> I, I really... I did really like it. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, I just... I'm not on board with the decision to split it into It was what movies. I was afraid it's of, too yeah. too much of a stretch. I mean, the, the first... The original trilogy, you had these three books that 
he did the extended editions of, which I'm more of a fan of the extended editions mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings than I am of the theatrical ones because oh, it, okay. it brought in more of that story from the book, from the books. And he cut down, still, he cut stuff out. So he cut down three books into three movies. Sure. And with The Hobbit, he's taking one book, which I think is probably shorter than any of it the is, Lord of the Rings books, yeah, yep. and extending it into three movies, yeah. which as a fan of The Hobbit, I, I want to see that story because that that's always been my favorite out of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a book I read as a kid and just always loved. But as a movie fan, it's a little too too much to sure. sit through. I mean, it's there's parts that just don't need to be included in the movie, I felt. And I enjoyed the movie, but it didn't hold up to the original Lord of the Rings. Is me. all the stuff in the movie stuff that's pulled from the book, or are they padding it with new things? No, they, they're definitely padding it yeah. with new things. And Jackson is definitely tying this in as a prequel to his trilogy. Oh, okay. It's, and The Hobbit is the prequel to the Lord right, of the Rings story, right. but this is... I think we're going to see this literally bring it up to the exact moment oh, where wow. Fellowship of the Ring starts. I think that's that he's basically already done that with The Hobbit. You wow. see in the first. Well, that's kind of a cool goal. Yeah, I appreciate it is. that. It is. Um, but some of it, I feel, is a little bit of overlap. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of stuck on on how I really feel because I did really enjoy The Hobbit, and there yep. are moments that bring you right back to what was so great about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And there are moments that, as a fan of the book, you you just love seeing on screen. Mm. But some of it was a little little drawn out. Yeah. For me. So, and I'm sure he's got walking. an extended edition coming out. Yeah, oh. exactly. It's a lot of walking. <laughs> uh, we talked about Michael Bay earlier. Paramount Pictures has pushed back the release of Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles movie three weeks to June 6th, 2014. This is the second time it's been pushed back, which is rarely a good sign. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles has locked its first cast member as well. Michael Bay recently posted on his official site, and surprisingly, TMNT, we are bringing Megan Fox back into the family. That's shocking. shocking considering their past experience yeah. together. With their fallout, I was shocked when I saw that. Totally. Uh, Fox's specific role hasn't been named, but the speculation is that she'll be playing reporter April O'Neil. That's what I assumed, but do you w- – let me ask you this. Do you <laughs> want to see that? Um. Okay, I'll be honest about this. I think Megan Fox gets a bad rap. Okay. I don't think she's as bad an actress as people claim she is. I think she ends up in a lot of roles – in mainstream movies that don't require much. Right. She, I think she's typecast as the super hot girl. She's eye candy. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the way she's treated. But I've seen her do things that stretch her ability, and I think she's capable of more. How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen it, but it's on my to-see list. She was really good in it. Was she? Yeah. And I think she, she could play April O'Neil. Now... If I want someone that I don't know if I necessarily want like a supermodel quality looking right, that's, person. That's the issue I have with it. That sure. to me, April O'Neil should be kind of more of not the girl next door type, but the, but the average a normal type girl. Hollywood average, that, right? That <laughs> Which can be still, sexy, right. but it's still going to be a drop dead gorgeous smart. girl because that's just Hollywood. <laughs> right. But but more of the average of Hollywood type, yeah. So I would I I don't know if it's necessarily the right fit for her, but I can accept it. Okay. So I'm not I'm not too broke. And and worse comes the worst, it's high candy. <laughs> so right. I'll type gas too. Why but not? are they still gonna be aliens? I see, I think that's another thing that's getting stretched out of proportion. That's and the the TV show actually touches on it a little bit, the new cartoon. Okay. Because they've gone in this realm in the comics as well. 
that whereas the turtles are not necessarily aliens, the mutagen is of alien origin. Okay, that's what I So I think that's the intent. Right. And then the internet took it and spun it like crazy. As the internet does. Right. So I think there was just that whole weird. But another interesting thing, too, and it could just be negligible, is that he said TMNT instead of Ninja Turtles were bringing Megan Fox back. He specifically said TMNT, which, again, we could be over speculating on. He just wanted to write the initials out. If he were NT, people might not know what he was talking about. So I don't know. I'm fine with it, I guess. Okay. Uh, Bruce Willis says there'll be a sixth Die Hard movie. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I heard the latest one was not good. No, I I just saw it, and I actually I meant to use that as one of my freakouts. Yeah, but I know Anna. Yeah, went, yeah, went over it on one of the last episodes, but yeah, just so it's just not a Die Hard movie, like she said, and. I mean, I I was somebody who banned Die Hard Four. I had no interest in seeing. Oh, them. really? I did not want to see a PG thirteen Die Hard movie. I, mean, uh, I did not want to see a neutered John McClane. Did you end up seeing? I it? saw it. I I knew that there was no way they shot a PG thirteen Die Hard movie that it was shot <laughs> as an with an R rating. So yeah. I knew that eventually, when it came out on DVD, they would have an unrated version or an R rated version. So I waited, and of course, they did. Okay. And yeah, still it, that. Die Hard 4 wasn't a Die Hard movie for me. Oh, wow. The whole thing with McClane is that he's the ordinary guy thrown mm-hmm. into an extraordinary situation. Sure. Which they did. I think the first and third are the best ones, in, yep. in my opinion. And with Die Hard 4, it was just kind of on this, not world scale, but it was like this terror terrorist taking over the country through like the internet type, from what I remember. Oh, yeah. And it just was not, to me, it was not. Didn't fit the model. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will say that I think I enjoyed the fourth one a little bit more than I enjoyed this because this was just a mess of a movie. It wasn't even a good action movie. It was just, there was a really good car chase that was well shot, a lot of crazy crashes and stuff at the beginning. But after about 15 minutes in, I knew it wasn't going to get any better. Mm. And I was just checking my watch. That's when you start getting uncomfortable in your seat. You realize how uncomfortable the movie theater seats are. And it's so tough to watch willis in that role because you you love and you want bruce willis to be john mcclain sure. and it's just even he looks like he's bored like, oh that's disappointing so it, i was really and i didn't have any expectations i really had i yeah. shouldn't say i didn't have any i had very low expectations it was just kind of me and a couple friends were going to go see it yep and when you have low expectations sometimes you're a little surprised and you enjoy it a little right more. right and this was just like no i didn't won't. even hit the low expectations yeah, it was it was bad. And like Anna said, the whole thing with they kind of gave John McClane a new catchphrase and it's not even it doesn't even work because he just keeps saying every other line. I'm on vacation. And right. And he's not. He's not. It, <laughs> it was just such a such a mess. And I guess I wasn't expecting it to be anything but a disappointment. Right. But it was more of a disappointment than I expected Ooh. it to be. So, yeah, I, I saw the news about a sixth and I just <laughs> I think I'm going to have to sit that one out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just watch the first, second, and third ones I, again. I still have only seen the first one. Really? So, yeah. yeah. The third one I like a lot because it's it's the same director as the – it's John McTiernan from sure. the first one. And they, they took – because the first – the second one kind of leaned a little bit more towards too much, but it was still enjoyable. Okay. And the third one, they, they took the idea of the first one and kind of spread it throughout the city of New York. So – and having Samuel L. Jackson as a sidekick was just was just you awesome. throw him in anything and it's yeah. better. And it's it's just I mean it's funny it's really well made it's it's one of probably my I mean 
aside from the first one, which mm-hmm. is just a classic action movie. But Die Hard with a Vengeance is one of my favorite action movies. Cool. As, as well as the original, but. Well, we'll see what happens with the sixth. <laughs> Maybe they'll remedy. Who knows? I but doubt it. <laughs> these days, who knows? Uh, Matt Smith has been cast in the lead role of How to Catch a Monster, the directorial debut for Ryan Gosling. Smith will star opposite Christina Hedricks and Eva Mendes in the fantasy adventure. I'm sure listeners to this show know that Matt Smith is Doctor Who, but the general population might not, so I'll just throw that out there. Uh, this movie casting, too, also kind of hints at the fact that Smith will be leaving the show fairly soon if he's branching out into movies now. Yeah, I didn't even really think of that when I saw this. I just assumed they'd they'd work around his schedule, but which is very guess, possible. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people do TV and movies. Yeah, but, but he's gonna start becoming a bigger and bigger star. I yeah, think. and he's on his. Is this his third season? Uh, this fourth? is his fourth. I what is it? I'm trying to think. This is season seven. This is season seven. And he came on and he came on and so four. we had we had one year of Eccleston. We had. Three years of tenant. Okay. And then we had two years of Smith, I think. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that movie just to see how Ryan Gosling is as a director. And I think sure. it's an interesting cast. And especially when they cast him. I mean, he's such a kind of unique looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I really enjoy his work on Doctor Who. So it'll be interesting. It'll to be see. hard to watch him doing other things at first. That's the problem. But yeah. that, I mean, that's every TV star that Absolutely. seems to be the problem with. And so. the good ones break out of it. Yeah. So Bruce we'll see. Willis. Yep. That was a good example of that. <laughs> uh, Universal Pictures and Illumination Entertainment are making plans to adapt How the Grinch Stole Christmas into a full-length animated feature film. First published in 1957, the book was adapted as an animated special in 1966 and a live-action feature in 2000. I was way back in 2000 already. That's crazy. That's, yeah, I know, right? Wow. Uh, Illumination Entertainment previously released Despicable Me, Hop, and last year's The Lorax, with upcoming planned releases Despicable Me 2 and Minions. Does this ever work? I thought, I, I think it will. You think it will? I think it will. Right. Uh, did you see the Lorax? I haven't seen the Lorax. Yet. I really enjoyed it. And that's my favorite Seuss book. Okay. So I thought I was worried because anytime you take small source material and kind of blow it up, we were just talking about the Hobbit. Hobbit. Yep. So unless you create a really good story where it still holds the core of it. And the nice thing about Dr. Seuss books is that there's, um, there's really a lesson. To right. each one. Yeah. And there's an underlying message that if you hit that message and just stay consistent and you create the interesting story around it, as long as you hit those major beats that we're looking for from the book and deliver the message, it's good. And that's how the Lorax And the Lorax did it. Okay, good. So I, I think this could actually work. All right. Maybe I probably just have a bad taste in my mouth from, from the Jim Carrey version. Oh, yeah. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, but that one just didn't work for oh, me. Oh, see, I liked it. But... um. I think from what Illumination has done so far with Despicable Me and Hop and Lorax. Yeah, Despicable and, Me was great. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the second, which is this year, actually. Uh, and speaking of that franchise, Sandra Bullock has signed on to voice the character of Scarlet Overkill, the lead in Illumination Entertainment's Minions, which is a spinoff of the Despicable Me films. In the film, we learn that the Minions have existed throughout history and seek out the most despicable master to serve. And in this time before they meet Gru... That person is Scarlet Overkill. Minions is set for release on December 19th, 2014. So we get Despicable Me 2 this year, and, and we get Minions next year. next year. I don't know if that's flooding the uh, the same franchise too much. or I, I guess it, we'll have to see what they do with the Minion storyline, yeah. if they make it different enough where it's, I mean... 
those were one of those guys were one of the highlights. Oh, they were. Despicable Me. They Probably were the highlight. They're the Madagascar uh, penguins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if they make it, if they can give them enough of a standalone story, I, yeah. I can see it working. But but I, I yeah, you're right. They were so hilarious in that movie. So funny. Uh, last bit of news: the Deadpool game from Activision and High Moon Studios has officially announced a release window of summer 2013. I'm pumped for it. This is Deadpool. Deadpool. Marvel's Deadpool? Yeah. Nice. Everything I've seen about this game, and it's officially been given an M rating. Oh, wow. So they're not, they're not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, I'm, I don't think you could do that character you without can't. that. So no, it's, it's just it's one of those things work. you have to go balls to the wall or don't bother right. at all. It's like making a Punisher game that's rated E. Right, right. <laughs> I know. What's he going to do? Yeah. Throw flowers at people. <laughs> I'll punish you with my paddle. <laughs> so that's it. That's all we got this week. Give you plugs. What can we find you online? Uh, you can find us at uh, the Real Conversation. I think it's uh, <laughs> I don't, it's uh, well, it is Facebook.com slash the Real Conversation. Yeah, that's a Facebook page, and we're on Twitter at at the Real Convo, and um, we have a Potomatic page that I think is the Real Conversation mm-hmm. But the, there's a link to there it from, on the Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, that's generally yeah. the easiest. Call way me to off go. guard with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you weren't even ready to plug all your stuff. I no, mean, I that's why I hear, man. And I'll be on an episode coming up sometime soon. Yeah, so the next people, weeks, yeah, so. so people can go to the real conversation, check that out. Uh, you can also just search for it on iTunes. That's also an easy way too. Yep. And keep in mind, it's R E E L, as yes. in the movie reel, yeah. just so people understand that. Please head to thegeekgeneration.com to check out everything we post there. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. I might read it on the show. Like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Angel, as in the medieval night. Uh, you can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or leave a voicemail at 508 316 9787. You can follow the superfan at facebook.com slash Chris Neil Tong. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. So thank you so much for joining me this week, DJ. Thanks for having uh, me. And hopefully you'll be back in the future. It was a good I time. Too. Yeah, awesome. Great. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Make it so.